Welcome to Crushing It, a podcast with notes of knowledge, hints of hilarity, fun forward, and super cheesy, which always pairs well with wine. That's good. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of class goes a long way. That's all I'm saying. Really pleasurable mouthfeel. On a scale of like prison hooch to a Willamette Valley sunrise, I would rate this. A solid seven. Girl knows what she wants. <laughs> they need to put wine in pounders. I'd like to get my hands on that Methuselah. What is that? <laughs> oh, shit about this wine. <laughs> hey, guys. Welcome to Crushing It. Crushing It. Sarah, are we, are we crushing it? Oh, my God. You can't get rid of us, so I guess it'll count. <laughs> I don't know if we're currently crushing it since we're having technical difficulties, but uh, we'll, we're we're stepping on it lightly. Yeah, crushing light. <laughs> oh man, how are you doing, Carly? I'm doing so great now that my migraine is gone. Thank you for asking, Sarah. How are you? Oh, I'm I am excited <laughs> for the for the stuff that we've got going on. So let's get into it. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Quickly, I am going to um, cover the research that our assistant Jeremy has found for us. We'll just uh, touch on it really briefly. The headline is, with sellers overflowing, American Airlines plans to sell wine to consumers. That's not real. That's not. Stay in your lane, American Airlines. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. So the idea... <laughs> Apparently is that, you know, in first class, you get all this delicious wine. And since um, people aren't traveling as much now, they're hoping to use the excess of wine stockpile during the pandemic. Uh Um, Yeah, they've started a wine club called Flagship Sellers uh, to, to provide more ways for customers to enjoy our wine, even if they aren't flying in one of our premium cabins. Hmm. That I sucks. suppose I shouldn't say anything because I have nothing nice to say. Yeah, exactly. So I'm going to give you some advice, listeners. Don't join American Airlines Wine Club. Join no. <laughs> join a wine club in the Willamette Valley. You will have a much better experience. Uh, yes, you will have much better wine. It will be made here by people here. Oh, Support local, support families, support farmers. Yeah, not American airline wine. Yeah, absolutely. Especially when I, um, I don't know why I read this whole article, <laughs> but. Um... Because it's good. And because our assistant, Jeremy, or excuse me, our research man is finding us good stuff. Yeah. It does note that it curates its wines based on regions of the world. For example, when you're traveling to and from the West Coast, you get California wines. Double boo. Double boo because Willamette Valley is a very strong area of wine. Why wouldn't... Ugh, people always go to California. Come on. So that idea, Ben, this week, we're going to go to Mesara Winery and Momtazi Vineyard. And this place is... 532 acres of peace and tranquility 
Uh, I bring that up because if you join their wine club, for example, you get access to hiking trails that are only available for wine club members. So that's an example of something amazing. Take that, yes. American Airlines. Yeah, American Airlines. You guys don't even pass out wings. Come on. <laughs> um, should I also use this time to promote Alaska Airlines, where Willamette Valley wines fly free? There you go. So Maysara is a winery that was started by Persian immigrants, and they are big on biodynamic farming, which you may have heard of, and it's typically with... Um, smaller farms, not 532 acres. So uh, Carly, you want to tell us a little bit about biodynamic farming? I know you love science. I love science. So yes, uh, I was looking into biodynamic farming. And you're right. The Mesara Vineyards, huge. So that's a very large area to um, do something as green for the earth as biodynamic farming. Um, the way that Mesara kind of looks at their vineyard is with this ultra organic way of caring for their vineyard and for their grapes. And they really treat the farm as a living organism with personality and uh, with soul and with needs. And so the way that they meet the needs of their vines is through composting, cover cropping, cultivation, companion planting, this one gets me, green manuring, and then one of my favorites, integration of animals. I love that part because they do have really cute animals there on the farm. So that is kind of like the quick and dirty or not so dirty of biodynamic farming, which is awesome. Yeah. And you'll hear some specific pieces about things that they do as we talk to Dom in our visit. So a couple of things. It is, as I mentioned, a very quiet and tranquil place. It was a cold winter day when we were there. As a result, you may hear some background noise. That background noise is actually rain on our tent. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and uh, you'll hear us sniffling quite a bit. We were bundled up and cozy in our puffies, but um, the noses get a little chilly out there. Yeah. I mean, it's the times that we're in, you know, we're still uh, only able to eat and go wine tasting outside here in Yamhill County. And so with that, you know, we do what we can and hey, we drink some wine. It was outside, whatever. It was beautiful. So we were fine. <laughs> we were fine. Yeah. A cool part about the story that you'll hear about the family. I love that they're, that they work to bring in pieces of their Persian culture and the beauty of the Farsi language. And Mesara actually means house of wine in old world Farsi. Yeah. I feel like we learned a lot and we're upping our game in being uh, now bilingual. Oh right? my god! <laughs> <laughs> like right. we're almost there. <laughs> so almost there. Uh, I do encourage you if you want to learn more. There's lots of good articles about Mo and Flora Momtazi out there. There's lots of cool articles about their daughter Tamane. 
who is the winemaker. So um, if you're into the stories and interested in learning more, there's lots of info out there to be had. That's the cool thing about, I think, these places that we're able to visit right now. We're just seeing so much of this story that just makes the entire experience far more enjoyable. I'm loving learning more and more about this family and how they literally everybody in the family has a job there and they believe in what they're doing so much that everybody's willing to pitch in. Everybody's super proud of the product that they're making and they really have created like a beautiful space with beautiful wine. And you can tell the people just love what they're doing and love. I mean, it makes a difference when you love who you work with. So sure does. Sure does. <laughs> All right. Grab a glass, Carly. Okay. Snuggle up and let's go. Uh, let's go hear some stories from Dom. Yay. Hey, Sarah. <laughs> hey, Carly. <laughs> We've made it to our next stop. Here we are at the beautiful May Sarah Vineyards and TC Room. Yeah, Gorgeous. It, it is so pretty. It's, of course, um, a chilly winter day, but it's dry for now. We've got some heaters and a tent. Yes, which is good. Uh, we need that here in McMinnville, Oregon. <laughs> we do. And uh, with us here is Dominic Allen. Hello. Hi there, guys. <laughs> she always claps. I'm, I'm the new girl. I hope That's just right. part of my job. <laughs> I'm just trying to do my job. That's right. And actually, this is a great example of one of the things I love about McMinnville is that you drive 15 minutes and you're in the country. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> we are. So if you are driving towards the coast, you can make a little pit stop before you get out of McMinnville too far and have a little tasty treat of wine and then keep heading out safely, of course. <laughs> Not the like, driver. What are you encouraging here? <laughs> Don't drink and drive, folks. <laughs> And we're out in the McMinnville AVA, which we have not been to before. We have not visited. Well, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. We're happy to be here. We're happy to have you guys. So, <laughs> so far. Yeah, so far. So. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what may happens. Want, yeah, right. you may want to hold that off. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, Dominic, will you kind of tell us a little bit about this amazing place that we are at? Yeah, so Mesara Winery and Momtazi Vineyard was purchased by the Momtazi family, the, the original 496 acres back in uh, 1997. So they started with uh, an untouched property. Um, what you see all around us, this is the, their estate. And when they originally bought it, it was, there was a few acres of abandoned wheat farm, but everything else was untouched. So everything you guys see when you drive out starting at the gate in, that gate, and that road wasn't there. So when they bought it, they originally had to access the property through another property uh, in order to get onto the estate. So everything you guys see as you drive up the driveway through the property to the winery is and has been built uh, by the Montazi family since they purchased it. Uh, we planted our first 13 acres of self-rooted pomard vines, uh, Pinot Noir vines back in 1998. Um, and have since grown the total planted acreage to 260 acres. Wow. And the entire wow. property we're on is 532 now. So, wow. it so is, it's an estate. It's an estate, <laughs> yes. And, and, you know, there's a lot of vineyards in 
in Oregon that have property kind of scattered around uh, different AVAs, different counties, stuff like that. Here at Mesar and Mamtazi Vineyard, if you ever see Mamtazi on the bottle, it's coming from this site here in McMinnville because we grow all of our fruit here. And wow. there is not just vines here. This seems to be a farm property as well. Yep, so we're certified Demeter Biodynamic, both in our winery uh, in 2007 when the eldest daughter, Tamine, became our winemaker, uh, and our vineyard was certified in 2005. Uh, it was a big thing that Mo and Flora wanted to do with this property was to show people you can make world-class wines uh, while still taking care of your property, the environment, um, and making sure we're not putting anything that's not healthy into our bodies. Um, part of that and part of being biodynamic is you're not just a business that you know mines the earth for what we can get from our vines. We're about taking care, taking care of the property we have and being stewards of the land. So um, part of that comes with biodiversity, having a lot of livestock on the estate that provide the compost that we need. Uh, we don't use fertilizers, pesticides, herbicides, fungicides, uh, any minerals that don't come from our site. Um, all of that stuff isn't allowed. So we use different teas, herbs, and flowers um, that we grow here. And uh, that it puts the same nutrients you would get from those synthetic compound, the synthetic fertilizers and different things like that back into the vines without all the synthetic uh, additives, toxins, and fillers. Wow, That's how amazing. fun is that? I love that. I'm just looking around because it really is quite beautiful. I only used to come out all the way out here because my friend's family lives kind of down the road. Mm -hmm. And when somebody said, oh yeah, they're getting neighbors and it's a vineyard. I was like, well, I don't really know what that is because I'm too young to drink. <laughs> and then as this place has grown, it has really just become quite a showstopper. Mm -hmm. And people know it for not only the wine, but also for your event space and the beautiful weddings that you guys do out here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Not when, right now. Not <laughs> be getting married right now. It's starting to get chilly. <laughs> when I was a kid, my my dad actually like when we were going out looking for Christmas trees and when we had moved to McMinnville and didn't know where to go, Mo was actually selling Christmas trees one year uh, from extra trees that he had here on the property. So we oh, had funny. a Montazi Christmas tree one year. <laughs> so. Oh well, that's perfect. So yeah, before I even knew, you know, cause I've been out here almost 10 years now. So I started in the cellar with my younger brother and uh, working underneath Tamine back when we were at the first building down the road, um, coming in the property was our original winery built in 2000 for our first vintage in 2001. Um, back then I used to, you know, Hayden and I used to scrub tanks and do all the, the cellar rat kind of stuff. <laughs> and uh, you know, all the tasters would be asking us questions and. We had to learn how to balance, you know, getting work done while also being informative about what we were doing so people <laughs> yeah. could understand while they were tasting. Wow. Okay. Okay. So we know Dominic through, you keep saying Mom Tazi, which is the family name. Mm -hmm. So that's the family that owns and runs this. Mm -hmm. Three daughters. Yep. One's the winemaker. Tamine. Nassim does all the national, international sales. And then Hannah, their youngest, was our events manager for a long time. Uh, but she's swapped over to helping her mom with the uh, financing and bookkeeping for their businesses. Nice. I love that. True family business. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Everybody's here. Mo, Florida does all the accounting. Mo oversees all operations. He oversees all of our, you know, biodynamic preps and different things we do across the vineyard and in the winery as well. Nice. So, yeah, we know you through the family and mm -hmm. then just from 
from McMinnville and from the industry, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, is how industry, we suckered him into this. Yeah. Industry becomes a small place. <laughs> Once you start getting out and meeting people, it's really fun. Yeah. Everybody Dom, knows Dom somebody. will tell you to not give us your cell phone number. <laughs> Sarah. You may, get a, Sarah. you may get a solicitation. <laughs> uh, we have some wines to get through. Maybe we should start with our first one, and then you can finish telling us how you're uh, out of the cellar. Yeah. Yes. Story time and wine. So, first wine. Um, we're pouring our signature flight or our classic flight here at Maysara. Uh, it's a five wine flight for $20. Um, when you get your flight, it's going to come in a little, uh, a little board uh, made with oak from our property here. Um, and then it'll have five little carafes that will keep cross-contamination down uh, between parties and allow uh, you to be able to pour into your own glasses. I like um, this format. Yeah, this is a great format. We do this at Durant as well, mm -hmm. and it's so nice. I kind of say, you know, it's your choose a, your own adventure. How much yeah. you get, maybe versus how much everybody else gets. You know, <laughs> if you really love it and you're willing to pour for everybody, hey. Well, and I think it's nice too because you know sometimes like I think of all those busy days in the tasting room where you're trying to get around. You know, working in the industry, you're trying to get around to that group, and you know they're waiting on a wine. And this is something that instead of having five glasses laid out if people want to go back and forth trying the differences between the wines they can just pour themselves a little splash in and really uh, choose what they want to go and, and taste at, at their pace yeah. so um, starting it off is our 2019 Arshin Pinot Gris of those 260 acres planted here at Mesara winery we have eight acres of Pinot Gris planted um, 245 of the acres here are Pinot Noir vines, so our, our white wines only make up 15 acres of the, the total acreage. Uh, there's eight acres of Pinot Gris, five acres of the Pinot Blanc, which we'll get into in a little bit, uh, and then two acres of Riesling. But the Pinot Gris I love, how Tamine makes it each year. Um, it's stainless steel ferment. Uh, you get these really crisp, I always describe it, um, it really blows your palate away with the flavor right when it hits the tongue, but it finishes really clean. So it's one of my favorites to do with uh, like seafood paellas or dishes that have a lot of flavor themselves. You want to kind of, you want to create some synergy with your wine, but you don't want the wine to be the main event, right? You want it to accent and, and kind of elevate the food you're already, already eating. So um, it's one of my favorites to do or do it with a nice nutty cheese uh, is also fantastic as well. Yeah, but this is always one of my favorites. I feel like I always walk away with at least this and then, <laughs> you know, whatever yeah. Pinot Noir I'm feeling that day. Yeah. But every time I think this comes home. Yeah. I love this one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Enjoying that. Okay. Mm -hmm. So last we, uh, last time we saw you, Dom, you were a, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you were in your story as yeah. a cellar rat. Yep. Then what happened? So then I went off to school. I went to school down in Eugene at the oh. University of Oregon. Um, okay. Go Ducks. Sorry right. to anyone who that offends. Thank you. Uh, I'm proud of it. <laughs> Oregon State broke my heart every year as a kid growing up. So oh. it only only made sense that I finally got to know what winning was like. <laughs> I'm dead. Inside. Sorry, I had to say it. I had to say it. No, but um, my brother and I really wanted to learn. You know, we we knew what it what what working in the cellar was like and we wanted to understand okay you know how do you farm without using all these things that a lot of people are using these fertilizers and different things like that and so Mo gave us an opportunity to we worked in the vineyard for about a year and a half um, 
And we learned really quick that doing things without chemicals is a lot more work. It takes a lot more time. But you have a very intimate relationship with the vines or the crops that you're growing. Um, you become the eyes and ears of what's going on in the vineyard. I mean, there's not a lot of people in the United States that are farming 260 acres you know, of vines or crops in general fully biodynamic. So to be able to do that at the scale most doing it and have the quality of the fruit that he's growing is, you know, it was a, a revelation to kind of to us as to look at all these little tasks that we do throughout the year and how that translates into the final product that we have in these bottles. All the hands that have touched those vines and the work that's done. Um, how old are you at this point? In this point, I was probably 21, 22. Okay. Um, and then shortly after that is when um, Nassim, we needed people in the tasting room, and so she brought me into the tasting room and, and gave me an opportunity to kind of shine in the tasting room, and I've been the tasting room and wine club manager the, in the, in, at Mesar ever since. So, nice. Uh, I love it. I love connecting with people. I love showcasing all of our wines and, and you know, what makes them so special, and I think having that background both in the cellar uh, and the vineyard as well before going into sales really helped it so when I sit down with people, it's not just a pitch, it's not just a, you know, the shtick. It's, it's something new and, and, and exciting for whoever I end up talking to because I can find what their interests are. Do they, have they ever had a glass of wine before? Is this their first one? You know, have they ever done a tasting? Um, helping be able to answer and explain what makes these wines special in a way that nobody feels as condescending or different things like that is a really big thing for me. And it's part of the Mesar experience. We want all of our staff to make sure everybody has a great time. Uh, and if they want to, to nerd out with us and geek out with us on wine, we're gonna do that with you. But if you just wanna come out, have a good time and enjoy some great wines, we're here for that too. Yeah, that's always important. I feel like, uh, you know, the, one of the reasons why we wanted to do this podcast, mm -hmm. we say, we'll ask the dumb questions so that our <laughs> listeners don't have to. And then, they can get educated on these things because mm -hmm. it can be really intimidating to come into, especially such a beautiful place like this. I mean, you walk in and I always kind of uh, describe it as like a cave, mm -hmm. like this very secret, beautiful cave that you walk into and then you're greeted with wine. So probably mm -hmm. the best cave yeah. scenario that yeah. you could come across. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, and, you know, we want people to feel really comfortable when they come into our tasting rooms, obviously. But it can still be a very intimidating experience if you aren't used yeah, to it. definitely. That's the other thing so. that we say. We are definitely not <laughs> experts. We just know them. Yeah. So, yeah, you get to be our expert for today because we certainly, yeah, we never claim to be. And we definitely are not. We don't even play experts on TV. No. That's how unexpert we are <laughs> super unexpert <-y. laughs> I'll be the okay, resident expert How okay perfect <laughs> well at this point you're seven eight years in and you've yeah. kind of seen all aspects of it so I, I say it counts uh, yes because I mean you've truly <laughs> done all the pieces yeah um, leading up to you know pouring the wine you know exactly where it came from ground zero we'll say yeah and that is pretty unique we're finding as people's way into the wine world have been so unique mm -hmm. and um, yeah it's just really fun to know like where did you start where are you now did you say how you even got here like why Mesara? so when I was this was back when I was you know in the cellar uh, before I was in the cellar I had a job one summer my brother was out here my younger brother and 
Hayden would come home every day and you know tell me all about the cool things he was doing and you know at that time I was having a lot of fun with the job that I had that summer too but I'd, I was doing the same thing every day you know and so that was where the next summer after here and how much fun Hayden was having I was like okay I'm gonna take a summer and I'm gonna see what the wine industry is about I'm gonna go you know it seemed fun to learn new things and it's Hayden had a great time out here with the family so um, one day, one of the guys that was that was working in the cellar with my brother was sick, so Hayden was like, oh, I can get my brother out here. And it really, that was it after that. You know, I was out here, I, we, you know, I remember 95 degrees summer days, pressure washing barrels with boiling hot water to sterilize <laughs> and get everything cleaned out, you know, during Refreshing. bottling season or um, different things like that. And I just... You were hooked. Every, every, day, every day was new, right? There was something new to do, um, checking on all the wines, the topping that we do, you know, all that stuff kind of was exciting and new and interesting, and there was a reason for it. And um, I just kind of fell in love with it in the process of everything that goes into the bottle. And it kind of obviously has caused me to stay around because I'm still here. And, and you are. You know, the family's fantastic. It's been absolutely amazing to work for them, and I think that's why... I've been here so long, you know, if, if I didn't believe in what we did and what we do, you know, that's why a lot of people move on typically. And I have a lot of friends that move around the industry all over the place and stuff, but you know, I found a, a winery and a family that does things the way that I think they should be done and, and supports us in our endeavors to allow us to learn new things. You know, I mean, we're a family business. It's everybody wears a lot of hats. I'm sure, you know, yep. even in your guys' own roles, you, I'll wear a lot of hats and it allowed me within one business to learn so many different aspects of what the wine industry is and I didn't have to move or leave I just got to learn and that was something that really really uh, meant a lot to me and yeah that's lucky yeah no definitely he loves to learn which is important lifelong learners lifelong yep. learners mm -hmm. uh, yeah I think that is important and like you said you know if you didn't believe in what they're doing here. It would be super easy to say, you know, I can find something somewhere, mm -hmm. somewhere else, but that's awesome that you found a spot where the owners are so involved. Well, yeah, and I hear all the time in the tasting room during the summer and stuff like, oh, you know, do the owners fly in on the weekends or something? And I'm like, the owners are here six to seven days a week. You know what I mean? They're right behind it, you. Yeah, it's, it's, if you see people walking by, chances are it's the family. Like, it's, everybody's super active and, and that's what makes it fun because you know it means a lot to them. They're here every day. They're, they're working as hard as they can. So, when you see your owners doing that, the owners of the business you work for, you want to do that too, um, yeah. just to make sure we're pushing and, and growing and, and making the business the best that it can be. I always tell people when they come out for, to the tasting room, like, if you came out to enjoy wines and sit back, enjoy who you're with, you know? We don't need to be on our phones while we're tasting wine. Let's have a good time and enjoy the ambiance and kind of just the, the tranquility that's out here on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah, yeah today we've scary. got a, is that a seasonal creek? This is a year-round creek, <laughs> okay, but it's just with, really the, raging, with the, you know, last weekend's rain definitely yeah. uh, filled up the, the rain, the flow, so. We keep, um, we've been really lucky. We keep saying, all right, it's a winter day. We're out tasting, but we've got blue skies and sun. Yeah. I think they think we're lying, but today yeah. finally, well, we still have blue skies, but we also have rain. <laughs> um, Carly, why don't you pour our next wine? Yes. And then we need to hear about this building. Yeah. Yes, we do. So right now, Carly's pouring our 2019 Atiz Pinot Blanc. Uh, Pinot Blanc is one of my favorite white wine varietals. Um, 
and in, especially in Oregon, I think it, it does really well, but I don't see it around as much. So whenever people come in and they're looking for something that's different than Pinot Gris, um, the Pinot Blanc is always my recommendation. Um, where that Pinot Gris really hits your palate strong on the front, Pinot Blanc is a little bit softer on the front um, and you get all this really great flavor in the back. So it's what I do with like curries or, you know, fish tacos, stuff like that, that has a little bit of spice. Um, both of the white wines are off dry, um, but with the Pinot Blanc, having the, the flavor and that residual sugar hits you on the back palate, on the finish, um, I really enjoy it with foods that have a little bit of extra spice um, just because it'll calm some of that down. Well, I'm hungry now. I yeah. know. Those foods sound really warm. Yes. <laughs> Din dinner's at six tonight. Perfect. <laughs> nice. And as far as the building goes, I mean, if you're, you know, whether you're in our outdoor tasting room under our tent uh, next to the heaters like we are right now, or uh, once we are cleared to go back to doing indoor tastings at limited capacity, um, you're going to get to see kind of just what makes this building so majestic. I mean, it's it's oak from the estate, it's rock from the estate. Um, our owner, Momam Tazi, originally had designed the building to be uh, a horse arena uh, for their horses that they had. They have Iranian horses. And, um, you know, then the stock market crashed in, you know, 2007, 2008, and they had to make it be, they had to make it practical. And so uh, it eventually was transitioned into our winery. Um, and it was finished up right before harvest 2013. About over 90% of the resources for the building are from the estate. As I mentioned, all that rock, all the wood you guys see. Um, yes, it's so pretty. Majestic so is pretty. a good word. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> well, and it's, it's massive. And I mean, I think there was a lot of thought that went into how it was going to work. You know, our barrel room is about 16 feet below ground. So it's not heated or, heated or cooled. It's just kept at, an, at a constant temperature with just the earth you know, outside insulating and keeping it cool during the summer or keeping it a little bit warmer and insulated during the winter. Smart. Um, just natural heating systems, you know, trying to make sure that we're, we're not wasting energy when at all possible. Yeah, the amount of rock that, <laughs> that is involved in this building oh, yeah. that came from this property is just kind of astounding. Mm -hmm. With the biggest doors I've ever seen in my whole life. They're really big doors. They're huge doors. And they don't open or close on their own. Ah. So we get Muscle. to grab, yeah, we get our, our everyday workout during the summer when we need to open it. Because we'll, we'll open them in the morning to, to bring the cool air in. And then uh, about 9, 10 o'clock, we shut them up just to, to try to keep that cool air inside. Uh, and typically, it'll always stay about 10, 10-ish 10 to 15-ish degrees cooler inside than it is outside. Uh, during the summer. That cave. It's the cave yeah. life. <laughs> <laughs> I just love this tasting room so much. Uh, so much that before my wedding, mm -hmm. uh, we did a trolley uh, yeah. tour. And I brought my friends and family and then my husband's friends and family. And Are you apologizing? People, um, no. I feel like we were pretty good here <laughs> because it was like our first <laughs> It was stop number one, so it was good. Um, no, we, people still talk about it and we got married two years ago and people still ask, okay, what was that place? Because they remember the way that it made them feel. They remember the ambiance that you guys set up and it's just one of people, you know, from people from the South 
people that are in Louisiana will still ask about Mesara, which is so cool. Well, I think it's, there's a lot of like modern, modern looks going into like a lot of new tasting rooms and stuff. Yeah. Or maybe sometimes people, when they think of like tasting rooms, they think of like tasting rooms they've been in in California or yes. different things like that. And that are huge wineries or different things like that. Whereas this is like, the look of this building is what I, I call it timeless. You know, it's that rustic, it's that classic. Um, it's something that you imagine in like European wine country or Italian wine country. Mm -hmm. um, just being of the estate. And Mo's big reason for the way that he designed and engineered the building was he wanted to make sure that we didn't waste resources that we had been able to get from our property. If we had the, the rock here and the wood here, why wouldn't we use that to, to be the main structure and different things of the building? So, I mean, the inside of the building has these huge full, whole tree trunk supports. Um, over the summer, that's where we were doing our tasting room. So everybody got to see inside our cobblestone area uh, within the winery. They got to see those huge tree trunks holding up the inside of the building and see above the level of rock inside that all around the entirety of in, inside of the building is uh, barrel staves line the walls. So Mo took 1,100 barrels, pulled the rings off of them, soaked the staves, pressed the staves, and then they all got ran through, I believe, a planer be able to take as much of the bowing and curvature out of them as possible before they line the walls. Wow. So. Yowza. Waste not, want not. <laughs> yeah. Well, and this building, you said it's massive, which is true, but I think that it being made of all those materials of the earth of the land, it just kind of fits in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, fits in. it really does. Um, so does Mo have a background in, I won't, like, <laughs> does Mo know everything? Resources and just like <laughs> this idea of reusing and, you know, like being so sustainable, like he seems to really get it when it comes to like using what you have. Well, Mo grew up in Iran, both him and his wife Flora grew up in Iran. And uh, Mo, Mo's always told me like, when he was off school for the summers and stuff, his parents would go send him to work for his grandfather, who was a farmer. And his grandfather always taught him, you know, there was a right way and a wrong way to do things. And that way, this was like pre-American influence with like exporting our fertilizers and different things like that to other countries. And so um, he always learned from his grandfather that, you know, like if the government's like offering subsidies for farmers to use these different things, these different products for their farms, he said that's a short-term gain, whereas you're ultimately making the property that your family owns sick, you know? And so it may take more time, it may be harder and more work to do it naturally, but you're, all, you're gonna be able to take care of the property and continue to produce if you do things the right way. And so from a young age, it was always instilled in him to, you know, even if it's harder to do it the right way, do it the right way because if you're, if you're building that as a family and that's your family property, you want to be able to pass that down. Um, and I think for him, he also starting this was he wanted to be able to have a business that his family and his kids could get involved in. And clearly they all have. Yeah, it worked. They're all very, <laughs> the very, plan. yeah, very, very uh, crucial points of the business and roles that they all take. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's left a legacy. Mm hmm. So we have uh, Grandpa, Mom, Tazi to thank. Yep, yep, because a little <laughs> Layla Rose. That's awesome. Um, okay, so they are originally from Iran, mm -hmm. and so I'm uh, assuming 
that the name Mesara and then all the names of the wine also come mm -hmm. from some sort of background in yep. that culture. Yep, so Mesara means house of wine uh, in Old World Farsi. Uh, our wine club is called the Tanush Wine Club. Tanush, it means uh, to your health in Farsi. It's essentially saying cheers. Um, I don't speak a lot of Farsi in my 10 years of being here, you know, it's... How many words? Uh, well, <laughs> all, yeah. all the wine names. <laughs> I can speak, I can say a few phrases that will help me get things accomplished. Mm. Like, Chikar uh, Mikoni means, what are you doing? Yeah, that's uh, a good Komak Mikoni means, can you come help me? <laughs> so, you know, back in the okay. day, I mean, if you guys came out years ago, I mean, there used to only be one person in the tasting room. You know, it'd typically be like myself or Nassim or Tamine or Hannah, and we'd all take turns on our weekend days, whereas now we have multiple staff every weekend day just to be able to, to make sure everybody has a great time. Uh, but back in the day, if, you know, somebody popped their head in, I could go, you know, Chikarmi Kuni, you know, what are you doing? Can you come help me? Uh, just so I could, That's you know, great. Yeah. Those That's little awesome. things. <laughs> you have learned clearly a I lot I learned the here. important things, right? I like that a lot. We have a wine called Bade. Bade means wine in Farsi. Um, the, in the Farsi language, there's a lot of different ways to say the same thing. So sometimes we'll have, you know, people that are like, oh, I didn't know Bade meant wine. You know, but there's different translations that you can have uh, for the same word. That's it's awesome. a really pretty language. Um, I should invest a little bit more time in learning to get myself to where I can say I'm semi-fluent. Invest <laughs> <laughs> all your free time, right? We'll check back in later. Yeah, we're all gonna follow up next year to see how Dominic yes. <laughs> has mastered this. This interview is going to yeah, be yeah. all in Farsi. Yeah. Yes. Um, okay, that is pretty awesome. I love how truly everything is uh, so thought out here. I love this. With our, so the next wine that you guys are gonna try is the yeah, first sorry. of our Pinot Noirs on the flight. Oh, um, I love this one. This is the 2014 Jamshid Pinot Noir. Um, Jamshid was a Persian king. Legend said he was able to see his entire realm through his full wine chalice. Uh, so playing off that legend with the Jamshid Pinot Noir, uh, we, this is an estate cuvee, so you get a taste of the 245 acres of Pinot Noir that we grow here at the, on the site, uh, all in a glass. Um, I've heard a lot, um, you know, I, I think it's people reading different magazines or different things about like blends or cuvees and how they're like a lesser kind of wine. And I think it's really important to remember that nine times out of 10, a lot of wines within the valley are multiple clones within the same wine. There's, you know, if, there, if it's a single clone, it's most likely going to have that on the label so you understand, hey, this is what makes this one so unique. But I think people think of blends or, and they look down on them when there's such a, an amazing thing you can do with having different kinds of the same grape involved in the same wine. Um, I think, it, you know, str all the strengths, the individual strengths cover, you know, maybe weaknesses or you know, if if one one variety or one type of Pinot Noir is going, one clone of Pinot Noir is strong in fruits but softer in tannins, you're going to have something that overlaps that and gives you some more tannin if that's what you're going for. Um, and I just think Jamshid is it's fantastic to be able to go. 
when you come into Mesara and you taste Jamshid, you're tasting what happened to our vineyard that year in a glass based off of what Mother Nature gave us. You know, with biodynamic winemaking, we can't add sugar, we can't use commercialized yeasts. Um, obviously, you can't add water to dilute things. So like, and everything kickstarts uh, with the indigenous yeast spontaneously. So we're not, we're not telling it what to do. We're just allowing and helping it transition and, and evolve uh, itself. And year to year, Jamsheed will be different because it is a representation of the growing seasons that we get vintage to vintage from the vineyard as a whole. All the high elevation stuff, um, we have fruit going up to about 800 feet. We have fruit planted about as low as 191 feet. Um, so you're getting that total variation in elevation across the property, all the varying soil types. Because out here in McMinnville, we have a bunch of marine sedimentary soils on the lower elevations of the properties. But as you work up, you start to get into that volcanic soil. We have Jory, we have Nakia. Um, there's a lot of different soil variation across the property, which um, makes it really fun to be able to taste the vineyard in a glass and just see this is this is how we represent the vineyard on a year-to-year -year basis. We love, love this wine. Mm -hmm. And I think that's awesome. I, I do not agree with the people that are saying, you know, blends are lesser yeah, of me the wine world. Um, mm -hmm. I think it takes a lot of creativity mm -hmm. and a lot of knowledge to blend something so well that it tells the whole story of your estate here. Exactly. Yeah, it gives yeah. you a better picture of place. Well, and I think it's important to, you know, in anything, in order to, to really understand something, you've got to have kind of your, your baseline, right? And I think with Jamsheed, having that estate cuvee at any winery is going to give you the baseline for the, the vineyard. And then as you work into Cyrus or you work through their other wines, you start to hone in on the characteristics that make them all different. And that allows great conversation, opportunities to learn and, and uh, for questions to be asked. How many clones are on the property? Uh, we grow Dijon clones, 113, 114, 115, 667, 777, Vadensville, and Pomard. So seven. Do they all make it into this? Everything is in this. Okay. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Um, cool. Yeah, for our first followers, when they saw our Halloween costumes, <laughs> we were here that day, and we both went yes. home with some jam sheet. Yes. And I was able to enjoy it on Thanksgiving. Awesome. I said, hey, no rules, because we started a fire outside and mm -hmm. had s'mores. And so I had my s'more, my glass of jam sheed. So that was my celebration, nice. my little celebration. Yeah, with a s'more, why not? I had a 19-pound turkey. Oh, my. That was, <laughs> Just when you. you get them from the local farmer, they don't, you know, the turkeys don't come out eight pounds for your four-person gathering. Right. So <laughs> it, uh, it ended up being way more, and a lot of it's in the freezer right now. That's uh, good. But nice. we enjoyed it. We did a, a, one of our 16 Rieslings, our Anahita Riesling, and then uh, our 2014 Cyrus. Nice. Oh, yeah. Christmas and holiday dinners are where things get iffy, right? Because some people like prime rib. If you're gonna do like ham, I would say go Cyrus or Jamsheed, and then if you're already gonna, you know, spend the money on the prime rib, then I would highly recommend either our immigrant Pinot Noir or the Asha. Immigrant and Asha are different. Um, one of them's a 15, the immigrant, and the Asha is a 14. Uh, but Asha does a 23-month barrel program, so you get a little, you get a lot of extra time in barrel. 
It's really, really elegant, um, but it has some of that self-rooted pomard that we started plant. We oh, planted yeah. in '98, so some of the oldest fruit we have. The maturity, the finish, it's just gorgeous. I'm a total fanboy of the wine, <laughs> uh, oh, if I you like can't that. tell. <laughs> um, whereas immigrant is being from the 15 vintage, really hot, really warm vintage gonna give you really pretty fruits it's got this really nice spice that our state's known for from those sediment lower elevation sedimentary soils and it had time and barrel like i think it was an 18 month program uh, before it was bottled up so you can't go wrong with either but i definitely do something that's got a little bit longer barrel program if you're going to go on the prime rib side of things sure um we also have a three degrees pinot noir label uh that's all neutral oak so Really, it's the, the, the three Momtazi girls made the label and their whole point was they wanted to be able to have a label that could help get their friends into the wine world without breaking the bank. But even though it was offered at a lower price point, we didn't sacrifice quality to get there. We just you, you use neutral oak barrels, use the same quality fruit we'd be putting into our other labels just to showcase, you know, here's something that's affordable everyday wine that, you know, it's, it's our wine club members favorite now. <laughs> you know, oh, people just come out. And, Buy it by the case. It's it's something that I really love to get out when people are coming over and you've got all these different palettes that you're trying to appease and you're not trying to bring out a whole case for your you know dinner gathering you're having. Mm -hmm. So three degrees is great with wit for a lot of palettes because it's typically a little bit more fruit forward, um, not super tannic because it is neutral oak. Um, just really easy drinking. That's a great idea. Even as a very experienced wine drinker, like it's still a great bottle of wine. It's definitely not a sacrifice on quality. It's just some people prefer like super tannic wines, you know, so it's not going to be the most tannic we have. So just very easy and smooth. It's a crowd pleaser. Exactly. Yeah. I think it's a great wine to showcase like how much cheese can change your wine. Oh, that's fun. Um, because and, and, and to do it with a bottle in that $20 price point because you know, everyone thinks, oh, you know, the cheese is going to interact with these these higher tier bottles. No, this the way that three degrees reacts with like a triple cream French brie cheese or a manchego. It's really amazing to try it before you have a bite of the cheese. Try it after and just see what that unlocks. This guy's mm. really messing with us. I sure will. Bring I know sure you should have brought up the triple brie. <laughs> <laughs> we are so far away from a. Well, store come on. If you're, if you're if there's triple cream French brie, why would you ever just get single cream? You know, I or will never cream. be a single cream. <laughs> Ever amateurs? Yeah, come, come on now, we're we're no, not here to no, we're no. not gonna waste our enjoyment of this. Well, okay. I love that idea of let's do that not, today. Okay, I love that idea too. But I love the idea of not breaking the bank mm -hmm. and bringing a bottle to remember what gatherings are. Yeah, Under. that pre-COVID thing that we used to enjoy. That's what I was thinking what about when you're talking are? about a trolley full of people that are yes. from the South and you're yes. all getting ready oh to my have gosh, a party. Two years ago, two years ago. <laughs> it seems like a lifetime ago is what it, it seems like. like a lifetime ago. Yes, we've almost been in COVID life for a year. The, the real story is that we haven't been neighbors for almost a year. And so we had to start a podcast. Yeah, yeah. had to spend some time so together. That our, yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> so yes, we yes, could yes. still sit on patios and drink wine because yeah. that's what we used to do. That's awesome. <laughs> and now that's all we're allowed to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's all we get to do. <laughs> Which is okay. Yeah. Because yes. when you have good wine, and <laughs> obviously yeah. everybody wine. will will look back on their life, and it'll be a pre-COVID life and a post-COVID life. You know, there's going to be like. I think every oh, generation kind of has that that kind of 
<laughs> defining moment in the generation that's like, all right, before this and after this, I think COVID is the, it's the PC thing now. Yes. Actually, that was my other question when you were talking about all the clones and talking about this is what happens here mm -hmm. in any given year. What is, you're farther out than um, the other wineries that we've recently mm -hmm. spoken to, and you have more of the coastal influence. Van Duzer wins. Yep. Yep. So the f smoke? So th it was interesting. Like, I remember one of the first days, like, the smoke really set in. When I drove out here, it looked horrible. But when I got to the property and was, like, right in front of the building, one half of it was all gorgeous blue skies, and the other half was all smoke. Even though we had smoke set in, we've tested all of our stuff. Like our grapes haven't had any issues. The wines we have are just beautiful from the 2020 vintage. Wow. So we will have a we 2020 vintage here at Mesa. Come here. Breaking news. Breaking well, news. Mesa has a want. 2020 Pinot Noir. Yes, but, but we also have 14s as our current because we don't release things chronologically. Like if it's not ready, we're not going to release it until all of our guests and all of our club members, hey, you need to hold this for eight years. When you're making things biodynamically and you're not adding in different things or agents to help speed up its kind of drinkability and bottle, you're going to have to wait for nature to kind of evolve the wine itself. And so typically what we do is we, we hold the wines until we think they're ready and that's when we release them. And you know, 14s, they're drinking fantastic. And I yeah. think it's really fun when people go around the valley trying all these like younger wines mm -hmm. uh, with wineries that have different release programs. And then they come out here and it's something totally different. Not only like McMinnville AVA is a little bit farther out here, but I see year after year, more and more people are coming here and they're going to try these vintages that maybe they tried two trips to Oregon ago and they're revisiting them as a current wine and a current price point. And they have all this age on them and have really started to show themselves. So yeah. that's something that I really, so really like about what we do. That is true. So 2025. Yep. <laughs> we'll be here. We'll all be remember 2020. Remember that year that it was really hard to find 2020 red wines? Remember yeah. Sitting outside freezing <laughs> in December. Now we're drinking that wine. <laughs> now we're drinking that wine. Well, and I like to tell our club members, like, you know, we'll take some of the aging process out of it for you. If you came out today and bought this bottle and held it for two years, you're going to be drinking it, you know, at way, aged way longer than that. And we just want to make sure that, you know, when people open up a bottle of Mesar, that they, they have a great experience and it's, it is well-aged, it's ready to go. You need one of these timber. Oh, these are beautiful. Yeah. Yes, this wooden Did you have these holder. before or did you make them uh, when you started this format? We got these when we went back to flights because for a period between May 15th when we got to reopen and then July, we were open uh, for glass pours and bottle pours. Oh, okay. Uh, so we did glass pours and bottle service to start just because number one, it was really hard to find any carafes because everybody was trying to either <laughs> go to carafes or they, like doing pre right yeah, or they were doing pre-poured <laughs> flights and, you know, Pinot mm -hmm. glasses. And um, our big thing is we just wanted to make sure people were safe out here. You know, I made the in inside of our building look like a uh, airport landing strip with all the tape and the lines and, <laughs> you know, and... It's just yeah. because we want we don't want people to feel uncomfortable, um, and so it took us a while to get back to tastings, but we are back. Uh, we wanted to make sure it was presented well and looked nice, um, and it's been a hit so far. I think it allows people to be able to pour at their own pace, yeah. um, ask the questions that they would like to, and our, it gives our staff the opportunity to run around and and uh, 
really make sure they get an experience with each wine and, and kind of know what makes each one special. Speaking well, of wine. Speaking of wine and how special it is. I'm going to pour you a little <laughs> bit more. Oh, yeah. So this is the 2014 Cyrus Pinot Noir. Um, Cyrus Pinot Noir is uh, about 80% Dijon clones, 20% Pomard. Um, this is kind of a, ta like a taste of our east and westmost blocks. Cyrus the Great, one of the last kings of the Persian Empire, and one of the, the kings of the Persian Empire that really grew the Persian Empire to what we kind of know about in the history books. Um, Cyrus was said to have ruled from east to west. And so kind of playing off that story, we're giving you kind of our king of the estate, Pinot Noir. Um, and to be what I think is one of my favorite expressions of Pinot Noir from Mamtazi Vineyard, just because it has that, that funky kind of mushroomy forest floor profile on the front. But when you finish, it's just all that really pretty uh, dark cherry. It smells so good. It does smell very good. Are I you like reading that. this sheet at all? The tasting sheet? Am I? Remember school recess. That's how this one starts. <laughs> oh, like, that's oh, nice. Yes. Do I remember that? <laughs> so great. This is Something for everyone. That's right. Beautiful wine. Yeah, it is. I want to say this is Nick's favorites because it's school recess. Yeah, school <laughs> recess. <laughs> the sound of the flagpole chain. I love reading a good uh, wine note because sometimes I don't know who writes yours, but in is it you? Is it, it is. You? I cannot okay. take credit for Cyrus it. It's a family friend. through the mouth. I love that. Uh, sometimes not here, but uh, sometimes when I read them, I'm like, hmm. I don't get it, but I love the poetry. This is just really, really, I mean, it brings you exactly to that spot. It so puts clearly you in your, in your they are very good writers. Yeah, it's, yeah. Putting, it's definitely putting a certain image yes. and getting you in a mindset yeah. and then leading you somewhere. Well, and we like to have more, you know, playful tasting notes because we're not, we don't, I've had people come out or, you know, say like, yeah, you know, we just, We've been reading tasting notes all day today, but we just don't get the flavors and we just that we're obviously not experienced, you know, and it's like you should be able to sit down and have a taste of wine and go, hey, here's what I taste. You know, if you like it, that's what matters. We'll help you understand those I'm individual thinking. flavors, you know, yet you shouldn't have to go in and feel like your your palate's inadequate if you don't taste every single if you don't get the bing, if you get the dark cherry but not the bing cherry that yeah. you know yeah. no it's get out <laughs> you don't know your, white pepper tastes like well i mean in my thing you know you guys said you guys asked the 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 dumb question he's doing you know? air quotes by the way <laughs> i do yeah uh, i just always tell people like the only there's no dumb questions except for the ones you just don't ask you know i mean Every, like one of the things that all of our staff love is just when people come in at a different point in their wine journey. Everybody walks through the, 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 door, the doors at a different point. It doesn't feel repetitive to us to be able to answer questions. We wanna help people have a good experience and learn why you like what you like. A lot of people, it, you know, wine should be as simple as I like this or I don't, you know? And, and we can help find, figure out why so you can start to have a better experience and reliably pick wines that you know you're going to enjoy and understand why. So when you go to another tasting room, you can go, hey, I really love, you know, oak barrel programs on white wines, you know, because I love that buttery characteristic or wh whatever it may be. 
we can start to help steer those to other wineries that we know that have something if, if it's not what we have or, or vice versa. So yeah. mm -hmm. um, it just allows us to, to help, better help everybody that comes in. Yeah. Well, speaking of other wineries, I like to always find out where do you mm -hmm. like to go? Like Being in the McMinnville AVA, I always hit the McMinnville AVA a lot. How many, sorry, sidetrack, mm -hmm. how many wineries are in the McMinnville AVA? There are nine. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the McMinnville AVA is all out in these hills, mm -hmm. minus Britain that has their their tasting room and winery downtown McMinnville. Shout out to the McMinnville AVA. Yeah. Um, I think it's really hard because I'm trying to think of even the last winery I got to go to. <laughs> I know. Uh, before COVID, because I mean, even even with COVID, like I haven't been going out just because, you know, I feel like working in the industry we work in, we already see enough people. Yeah. Um, that I'm just trying to do my part to make sure our staff stay healthy and safe too. So my wife and I, we do two a day. That's our kind of our thing. If we do two like two wineries a day, if we go out tasting. I like that. Congratulations. Well, part of it is because. No, when did you get married? Oh. <laughs> yeah, he's like, thank you for. Uh, this August, I had a COVID wedding. You had a I was like, I did oh, not know John okay. was married. Actually, yeah. I was just. I noticed say, the bling, and so I just figured. Uh, oh, you know what? I've been great. staring at it the whole time, but I didn't, it didn't even <laughs> register. Yep. Yep. So. Did you have it here? We did. We had it right over here. With this is our backdrop. And Beautiful. it was this summer, so you got to have twenty people. Yep. Okay. It was very limited. You know, yep. I think we had we had invited 200, <laughs> 195, something like that. And then you had the draft. Um, we basically po postponed the big event to next summer, okay. so we're gonna do it again next August. Um, but we'll the whole point calendars. was, yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be here for dinner and we'll be here for the wedding. There we go. <laughs> but the big thing was for us to get married this summer and you know do that because that was the whole intent. Sure. And, yes, uh, the marriage. So we did yes. the, the marriage side of it with just our family, immediate family and then our bridal parties. Yeah, so. I was I was in thank a you, thank COVID you. wedding. And so, yeah, I know how like, ugh. But I think it sounds amazing. Well, you had four people <laughs> at your five. ceremony. Yes, five <laughs> of you made it. Um, it's true. And it wasn't, I didn't even have, I wish I had COVID as an excuse. Well, you know, like <laughs> made it a whole Molly, lot and I, Molly and I talk a lot about it. It's like, it felt like we got to have our Jim and Pam wedding. If you watch the office, oh. you know, where there's the big one that I think, you know, it, you can have stress in that, you know, like just having yeah. a lot of people. And whereas having that intimate, this is about, you know, us and, and it, it really felt like that. And I think that was what made it so special. Absolutely. Yeah. See? Yeah, I go back and forth where I'm like, man, if I could do it again, that'd be awesome. But, you know, the the entertainer in me is like, woohoo. Fun fact, first apartment that I had in McMinnville, for some reason, um, there was a bunch of kind of random dishes left in the kitchen. And there were six wine glasses from Maysera. Oh, that's fun. Really? So I had a set and then I looked it up and that was why I came here the first time and then ended up knowing the family anyway, but it was, <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of funny. Nice. I, I probably Excellent still have branding. Them. Yeah. I don't know how you guys do that, but probably, yeah. yeah just they're doing product placement. Our loyal club members <laughs> People everywhere. People out. They're like, can we just leave some glasses in there for the next tenant? <laughs> See the moving truck. <laughs> stop by with some Riedel's. Yeah. I'm really enjoying this. Uh, Little yeah, it escape turns out, that we've um, had. What's really nice about even though it's December and we're tasting outside is that you get warmer. 
Mm -hmm. With wine. <laughs> sorry, Doc. It Dom. does help. No, you're fine. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Doc. <laughs> I'm on duty. I can't. You know. Don't worry. We all have puffy jackets. Yes. yes. We're Oregonians. Yeah, yeah. And actually, it has been so mild. Yeah. Um, okay, Dom, tell us about the last wine on your flight here because this one is particularly special. Yeah. So this is the 2015 Immigrant Pinot Noir. And this is a big one for us because. When Mo and Flora were coming from Iran, they were, they were looking for a country that would accept them as uh, immigrants. Um, they weren't forced to leave Iran, but with kind of what was happening in 79 around, and there a couple years after with the revolution, um, they just decided it wasn't where they wanted to raise their family, so they were trying to come, they were trying to find another country. Um, they were eight months pregnant with Tamine, uh, escaped on the back of m motorcycles to get out of the country. Um, and they made it as far as Spain, where Tamine was born. This is a movie. Tamine this is a movie. Uh, Mo and Flor, like Spain, they weren't going to be able to be accepted as immigrants uh, and become citizens in Spain. It they would have been refugees. Refugees. And okay. so okay. Mo wasn't looking for, you know, help with finances, or he just needed. They needed a place that they could work and be good citizens uh, of the country. And so they ended up being able to come to the United States. Uh, Mo had already gotten a degree in engineering down in Texas at the University of Texas Arlington. Oh, wow. Nice. So they went back to Texas. Um, that's where Nassim was born. And then they came up here to Oregon. They what? had made it, Mo had made a promise to, to Flora that when they found a country that they were going to be able to be citizens of and they got themselves established, they wanted to be able to give back and help other people have that same opportunity. And so in 2015, uh, the Momtazi family decided that they were going to make the 2015 Immigrant Pinot Noir, which we partner with Lutheran Community Services Northwest. And 33% of the bottle proceeds go towards um, Lutheran Community Services uh, Immigrant and Refugee Advocacy Programs. So really cool. It's a gift that gives back. It's a fantastic wine, and I think that's what makes it even better, is it's not just a great program that, and, and the folks that we're helping but the wine is also amazing. And I actually, this summer, had a family that came out here and did a tasting, and I had poured this for them and was kind of talking about it, and they had explained, they, they had asked, like, where does the money go to, for this wine? And I, t I explained, and they're like, oh my gosh, like when our family moved here in 1990, they're who helped us kind of get started and oh. get settled. And so, it was really, you know, power, a powerful moment to be able to kind of see all the, the proceeds that we're, we're donating actually come full circle and see one of those families that they've gotten to build a life for themselves here in Oregon thanks to that program and, and to know that our money is going to help more people be able to have that same opportunity and experiences, you know, uh, a really nice thing this time of year. That's awesome. Any time of year, mm -hmm. but yes. Yeah. I love that. So yeah, and a I very love the special wine. wine. Yeah. And it's tasty, so <laughs> you get to help out and also mm -hmm. drink a delicious wine. If you came to Oregon to do tastings, McMinnville is a fantastic home base because you're 20 minutes from Eel Amity Hills, you're 15 minutes from McMinnville, you're you know, 20 minutes from Yamhill Carlton, Dundee, uh, Chehalem Mountains, Ribbon Ridge, and you're closer to get out to the Van Duzer AVAs. Um, yep. And so I think if wine country is your thing, we need to make sure you guys are spending more of your time enjoying 
um, and less time uh, driving around on your vacation. Right. And that's and then when you're done with the wineries, you're in a spot where you can just go walk and uh -huh. you can hit food. You can keep going with the wine if you want. Sure. You can Breweries, shop. you can shop, you can go to a dive bar. Yeah. You can do it whatever you want and mm -hmm. you're just and then you can walk back to where you're staying. Yeah, and I always tell people like if you plan to come to Oregon and do a week's worth of tastings, <laughs> don't forget that if you if you're going from like these 10 wineries you want to hit, you're just driving back and forth overall. So like I always tell people like spend an, a day in an AVA, like an AVA a day. Mm -hmm. That way you get to understand a core set of characteristics in wines across a region that were specific and selective enough that they were able to be granted that regional kind of like name, that American viticultural area. So like spend a day in McMinnville, spend a day in Eola Amity, and then you're gonna start to notice the differences in the wines coming out of those areas kind of as a whole and kind of see what works for your palate, what do you typically enjoy. And I think it really gives a good experience overall, if, especially if you don't live in Oregon. Yeah, yeah. that would be an amazing week. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would vacation AVA here. A day. That should be a slogan. I coined it. Copy, <laughs> copyright patent Ooh, pending. Nope, just now. <laughs> nope, just now. Breaking news. <laughs> yeah. That's a great idea. So, okay. So, um, if I am wanting to come out um, and do a tasting here, what should I kind of expect? Right now, uh, we're open for tastings 11 a.m. to 5 with a last call at 4.30 p.m. Six days a week, Monday through uh, Saturday. We are reservation only. We want to make sure we have number one space. We don't have already uh, other folks there and you, you drove out here uh, and weren't able to taste. You can call or email. If you email, it's email tastingroom at mesara.com. Um, give us a call at 503-843-1234 um, if you'd like oh, to do it. Oh, yeah. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> wow, you guys are lucky. Shoot. Yeah, and if you mess up and you dial 843-1235, you're also going to get us, too. Nice. So. nice. For um, those uh, fat-fingered listeners. Hey, yeah, I definitely worry. do it. So. And you guys have an Instagram. We do. At Mesara Winery. Boom. You are staying open all winter. All winter. Okay. Yep. Yeah, this is kind of the time that some places hunker down and hibernate a little bit because it's flower yeah. season. No, definitely. Yeah. This is what we call the cellar season. Ah. This is where we really get a focus on the folks that do come in and we get to provide those awesome experiences and uh, answer all those questions uh, that people have about wine in a more kind of almost one-on-one -on -one situation. Yeah, it's actually a great time of year to come visit because everybody's so slow that you definitely have. And they're excited to see you. Um, let's yes, let's yes, start, yes. you know. You're the only person I've seen today and they have all their time to spend with you. And yeah. Yes. Excited to talk, Lots get people into wine. Yeah. Definitely. That's awesome. Well, this has been fabulous. Yeah, so great. Thank you so much for meeting with us. You guys are Dominic. very welcome. Yeah, thank you. Happy to be here. Uh, definitely come out to the McMinnville AVA and check out Misara Wines. They are beautiful and um, just like one of the coolest spots to come taste. So come on out. Yeah. I work here now. So. You do. <laughs> you just got hired. This was your interview. This is actually, actually we my just interview. recorded the interview. You know, we have had club. We have multiple club members that have become employees. So That's you know, a good it's way to not do a. It. That means that you truly love everything. Mm -hmm. Yes, I love that. Cheers, or as you say in Farsi, tanush. 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 Let's go get some triple cream brie. 
No? Yes, no? Yes. Yes. Perfect. There it is. <laughs> oh, the triple cream gets me every time. <laughs> uh, you know what? Well, I was going back and editing and listening to this episode, Carly. I had a lot of fun. Dom told us what a lot of the names of the wines meant. But if you look up the other ones, one's af- one is named after a Persian princess. Yes. Um, but also kind of translates to mean the best type of friend. Like, duh. <laughs> <laughs> and um I love the the Persian king with the full wine chalice. I just love all these things. It's a lot of fun. Yes, and the labels and uh some of the stories and then along with the Farsi language. Be looking out for that crushers on our Instagram because I want to put all of that out there. There's some really cool stuff. So be looking for that at Crushing It Podcast on Instagram. It was mentioned in the episode, but just to recap, they are still currently doing outdoor tastings. They're open Monday through Saturday from 11 to 5. They do a last call at 4.30. Be sure to email or call to get your reservation. Don't just show up. It's a bit of a drive. Five wines for $20. And because it is still COVID times, you pay an additional three bucks and you get to take your stemless wine glass home with you yeah which is great we took ours home starting valentine's weekend they're going to be relaunching cheese and charcuterie boards so there'll be some food available again out there which is really good Woohoo! speaking of valentine's day right now <laughs> if you check out um mesara mesara's website so it's mesara.com you can find under the wines tab some very fun Valentine packages. And so one that I thought of, of course, because I thought of you, Sarah, was the Palentine's Day package. Cute. I've never heard Palentine's before. So this package is for pickup only. You get a bottle of their Pinot Gris, a bottle of their sparkling Pinot Noir Rosé, two stemless Maysara wine glasses, and to top it off, a six-pack of Crave mini donuts with a chocolate Pinot Noir glaze. Uh, yum. So very fun things going on. Not only do you get the delicious wine, the fun wine glasses, but you also get to try, if you haven't already, these delicious Crave mini donuts. Uh, the owners are McMinnville locals and they have created quite the donut scene here in McMinnville. So very, very fun collab. I highly recommend. Yeah, that's a cool package. Nice find, Carly. Uh, yeah, only 75 bucks. So I'm going to give them a call. There you go. Oh, when are we having our Palentine celebration? I think very soon. Oh, I think so too. Hey, wait, uh, before I forget, I did want to um, throw out the information about Lutheran Community Services Northwest, which was who Maysara was partnering with for their immigrant Pinot Noir. Um, so they offer immigrant and refugee advocate services. They actually do a lot of stuff. But if you wanted to check into that a little bit more or learn a b- little bit more about it, 
their website is lcsnw.org. Awesome. Not only great wine, great people, and a great cause. I love it. Absolutely. Got it all. You know, Carly, you and I, we hit it pretty hard in December, wouldn't you say? (sighs) We hit it very hard. (laughs) We're actually uh, still living off the fruits of our labors then, which has, has worked out nicely for us with our other three jobs, but Yes. Um, the next place that we are visiting is Marshall Davis. So be on the lookout Ooh. for that. Yeah. But what we've also done uh, is pick up some other stuff along the way. So you'll get another bonus episode next week. So another study session. So tune in to hear our conversation with Thomas Hausman. Yes. And Harley, we have found something to Fill the void in our hearts that is Bubble Fest. Oh, I am very excited about this. So there is a Bob Trail. Bob stands for Best Oregon Bubbles. And there are three three (laughs) wineries that are working together in the Newburgh area. And uh, they are Rocco Winery. Edelsheim Vineyard and Trisadum Winery. So if you have any interest in delicious bubbles, uh, check out bobtraileoregon.com. And you can also check out their hashtag bobtraileoregon on Instagram. But we're looking at delicious wine and each place actually has like a fun little bonus, whether that be food or uh, one of them actually has a very cool uh, logo champagne stopper. So you could maybe do a little truffle and caviar or go for a nice little champagne stopper, which is really cool. Yeah, I'm excited for all of these. And listeners, just for you, we're really going to make sure that we can fit all three into our calendar this month. <laughs> we're willing to do the research. we are but I am really excited it's gonna be a lot of fun it'll be more like a um galentine's celebration yes 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 (laughs) um and other than that we're not sure what we're gonna do with it recording wise we might try to create our first field trip bonus episode but either way you can follow our adventures on instagram Oh yeah. When I was talking to Rocco Winery, I told them that we were going to hit it hard on Instagram. So they're ready. I'm very ready. And uh, hopefully our crushers are also ready to see how much fun they could be having if they choose to go out and do a little outdoor wine tasting at on the Bob Trail. Yeah, we'll have a lot of fun stuff to see coming up. So we'll be, we'll be giving Mesara all their love, of course. And then um, we'll have the Bob trail and Thomas popping up on there also. So it's going to be really fun. Yeah. Busy times, but super, super cool. We're doing it for you guys. It's all for you. (laughs) Um, And don't forget to uh, keep sending your stories, your feedback, your ideas, your corrections, whatever you want to send us to our email. It's crushingitwv at gmail.com. So we'll see you soon.
Yep. Bye. Bye, mom and dad. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>